Let's pray. Father, as we open your word, Spirit of God, we ask that you would speak to us again today. Lord, we can't, you know, we can just read and not understand. I was reading in the Gospels this last week, Jesus, you were speaking in parables because people just didn't get it. Those that you had chosen understood and those that, you know, you had to reveal it to you through your spirit. And spirit, we're the same. This is just like nonsense to us unless your spirit reveals your truth. So reveal your truth today, we pray. We ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. I heard about a, a father and a son that went to an orchestral concert. The orchestra were down on the stage and they uh, had gone to listen to this uh, amazing symphony. And the father turned to the son before it started and he said to the son, I want you to pay particular attention to the flutes because the flutes in this piece of music that you're going to hear have the most amazing melody. It's just beautiful. Listen for the flutes. And so they sat there and they listened to this piece of music and the father at the end of it turned to the son and said to the son, weren't those flutes absolutely beautiful? And the son looked at the father and said, which was the flutes? Sometimes in life, you know, as we read God's word, as we think about our Christian faith, we are like that son. You can hear the voices of God in the world, but you're not sure which one it is. You can hear the symphony, you hear the whole orchestra playing, but you're not sure which is the voice of God, which are the flutes in the whole load of voices that are coming. And, and then you kind of are like, well, which one is it? Which is the flute? You know, part of my role, in, I guess, as, as, and part of the role of every preacher is to kind of help us to understand the, the role of the Spirit, to help us to understand which is the flute in the whole orchestra. Which is the voice of God? Because God speaks to us through His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the voice of God, and the voice of God is always speaking, as we've said, but often we're not sure which is the voice because there are so many other voices around. The Bible says that when we become a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit becomes part of who we are. The Holy Spirit enters us. The Bible says we become a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sets up residence inside of us. We said the other week that the Spirit sets up residence inside our spirit, which is inside our soul, which is inside our bodies, right? The Spirit is the connection bit within us that connects us to the Father. And the Spirit is inside our soul. Our soul is our character, who we are, the way we think, the way we feel, who we are. Our Spirit is inside of our character, inside of our souls, and our souls is inside of our earthly bodies. We know that. But the spirit has a number of different roles that it plays inside of our spirit, inside of our soul, inside of our bodies. First, we said the spirit acts like a paraclete. What was a paraclete? Someone who... walks beside you. Someone who journeys with you. Someone who, who knows the way. 
We, we went for a walk on Friday out at the uh, back, back where we near where we used down in Guildford Way. It's called the Devil's Punch Bowl. I don't know if you've ever been there, but a nice bit of area where we could walk. Haven't been there for years. And I've got an app on my phone, and we'd plotted out the whole route on the Ordnance Survey map, the whatever it was, 10 miles that we walked. And we walked together. You know, there was a couple of occasions we were with a friend, the Enika and the friend walked off ahead of me, and I went, whoa, 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 you're going the wrong way. Because I had the map. And, and they were just talking and walking, and, and I was behind, and I, I wasn't keeping up with them, and I was like, no, 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 it's got to, we've got to go this way, and we had to kind of double back and go off another way, right? And it's like that, the Spirit is a paraclete that walks with us, that journeys with us, that goes with us because he's inside of us, but also is our guide and shows us the way. The Spirit also is the dove of peace that brings the peace of God, which is beyond all understanding, guarding our hearts and our thoughts. It says the Spirit is also like a fire at Pentecost. The fire came down to cleanse them and to, to, to sanctify them, to, to make them whole and, and gives us the power that we need also. And last time we looked at the, the Spirit as living water. That the Spirit is that water that's inside of us that, that bubbles up from the Spirit connecting to God. So God connects to the, the Spirit or is the Spirit inside of us and that Spirit connects to our spirit that connects to our souls, that connects to our bodies and living water comes flowing out of the Spirit through or through us, through the Holy Spirit. Living water. Today I want to look at another aspect of the Spirit and that is that the Spirit, it says in the Word, is also our intercessor. Now let me ask you a question. Have you, well, let me ask you first. Have you, do you, know, have you heard of the word intercessor or intercessions? You've heard of it, right? What does it mean? Let me, let me show you first from Romans 8, 26, 27. It says, in the same way the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he, that's God, who searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Now let me ask you a question. What is an intercessor? What is it? Twice it says in that passage that the Spirit intercedes for us. Well, let me ask you another question. What's the difference between prayer and intercession? Okay, why don't you share with a person next to you or near you, what's the difference between prayer and intercession? It doesn't say that the Spirit prays for us. It says the Spirit intercedes for us. What's the difference between prayer and intercession? I'm looking for pearls of wisdom here. Oh, 
Okay, so Reg says it's prayer on behalf of someone else rather than prayer as an individual. Okay, is that is that true? Yes? The front row or the second row agrees with Reg. They're all united together. Okay, any other thoughts? What's prayer versus intercession? What do you think? Okay, so prayer is like us getting closer to God and intercession is where we kind of do it on behalf of someone else. Is that what you're saying? Kind of like that. Okay, it's a good answer. Any other thoughts? You said the same. You're just hiding behind everybody else there. That's a, that's a good idea. Yeah, no, that's good. On behalf of. Yeah. Nope. Kind of. Let me explain it like this. Intercession is like this. You're going along in your life and everything is nice. Imagine you're sitting in a car, right? It's 26, 27 degrees. The sun is shining. A few little fluffy clouds up in the sky. The cumulonimbus jobs, right? It's a beautiful summer's day. You're going down a country road. There's not another car in sight, so there's no traffic jams. This is a utopian road, so there's no roadworks either, right? It's nowhere in England, right? So you're driving down this thing, and, and out you see out the window is just beautiful countryside. Everything is perfect. And you're there, and you've got your favorite music playing on, your, on, your, you know, on, the, on the music player in your car. And you're just going, ah, oh, this is amazing. Bliss, that's the perfect word for it. Bliss. And then all of a sudden, you're going along and bang, your front tire bursts. Right? Your car loses control and ends up in the ditch. You ever been in life like that? Not literally driving along like that, but in life, you know, sometimes we're going along in life and everything's going okay. We think life is going all right, and then you know what happens? You get a medical report that goes, something might be wrong, but we're not sure what it is. Boom, your tire goes and you're in a ditch. Or, or suddenly a bill comes through that's unexpected and you go, my, my days, how am I going to pay that? And, and it's like, oh, my days, and I'm in a ditch. Or a relationship that was good suddenly goes sour for some unknown reason and you can't figure out what it is. And you're going, you know what? And you're waking up and you're worrying about this relationship and you're worrying about what's going to happen and how can you fix it? And all of a sudden you find your life has gone into a ditch. Right? That's life We've all experienced it. It's like that car. You're in a ditch. Intercession is someone who comes into the ditch with you. That's what it means to be an intercessor. So you're kind of right when you say it's like praying... It's not praying for someone. It's getting into the ditch 
with someone. Literally, that's what it means. To intercede is to climb down into that ditch where that person is. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit does what for us? Climbs down into the ditches of your life and my life where we find ourselves. Isn't that incredible? He doesn't just pray for us. He doesn't just sit there on his throne and go, Ah, poor David, he's in a ditch again. No. The Spirit of God literally climbs into the very ditch that I find myself in and starts to do things in the ditch with me. That is intercession. When you get down into the, into the mess of someone's life and you, you, you've, you get there where they are and then you start to, to work with them in that place. The Bible says, doesn't it, in our, in our reading, let's go back. Oh, here we go. Uh, no, hang on. Let me go back a minute. It says, when we're in a ditch, how do we feel? Weak. We're like, oh my days, I'm in a ditch, I can't get out. And when we're in a ditch, we don't know what we should be praying for in those ditches because we're moaning and groaning in wordless groans. We're kind of going, oh, how did I get here? Things were going so nice, everything was going so well, and here I am, yet again, in another ditch. And we don't know quite what to pray for, how to pray, and we groan and we, we moan and we're like, oh God, get me out of a ditch, will you? I don't like it in here. And I can't get myself out of this ditch. You know the Greek word for, for, for groaning is? Do you know what it literally means? Do you remember in the olden days, I'm talking about my olden days right now, when, we, when you had your mother put a kettle on the, on the, on the stove, it was all gas in those days. And what, how do you know when it was boiling? It whistled. That's literally what it means to groan. It means to vent. It means that, like, like that kettle that's whistling and the steam comes out the top and then you pour it into the, you know, into the coffee or the tea. That's what it means. You ever been there? Well, you've just been like a kettle, whistling and groaning away. I'm not the only one, am I? Come on, you're in church. You've got to be honest here, right? Good. You're in there and you're whistling off to everybody and anybody that will listen to you, right? Your friends, your family, your spouse, anybody. Life's not fair. You go back to like it was when you were two and three years old, wasn't it? It's not fair. Why, when I was going so nice, wasn't even my fault that something hit the tire and here I am. Life's not fair. And you're groaning and moaning and saying, Lord, it shouldn't be like that. I'm stuck in a ditch. The Holy Spirit, when we're in those ditches, there's a number of things. 
The first thing he does is he intercedes. He climbs down into the ditch with you and with me. God lowers himself into the same ditches. You know what it means? This is why it's so different to prayer. Because when you're in the ditch, you see the world around you as the person that's there, right? You feel what they feel. If it's muddy, you get muddy. If it's wet, you get wet. If it's deep, you go into the darkness with them. You experience the same things that they are experiencing right now. And that is a critical thing about intercession. Jesus, he knew what it meant to intercede. I was looking it up just the other day, you know. In Matthew, just a few examples. It keeps on saying over and over again these things. Jesus just hears that John the Baptist has died. And, and he wants to go and find some space, but he can't. People are following him everywhere. And what does he do? People follow him and it says then he has compassion on the people. And he says to his disciples, give him something to eat. Here he is, he's, he's mourning the loss of his relative. And here he is, he feels what they feel. And all through the Bible it says, Jesus says this in the Gospels. In Matthew 9, 36, he says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus got into the ditch. It says over and over and over again, he has compassion, which means he feels what they feel. And so then he responds. And the first thing about being an intercessor, about intercession, about what the Spirit does, is he feels what you feel because the Spirit is inside of your spirit, inside of your soul, inside of your body. So the Spirit can feel what your body is feeling, can feel what your spirit or your soul is feeling and your character and feels what your spirit is feeling. He knows and so he kind of plugs into that and he goes, you know what? Yeah, I, I get it. I understand. I'm with you in this. And just as we see Jesus with compassion, the Spirit has that compassion as well. The second thing that the Spirit does is that he says he prays for us. He prays. He prays with wordless groans. So what he does is he takes your groaning and he makes it his own groaning. He takes the groans that are coming out of you going, why am I in this ditch again in my life? And he, he takes that and then he utters his own groans to the Father. It's the opposite of what we said happens with the flow of living water. The living water comes from the Father into the Spirit, from the Spirit into your spirit, your spirit into your soul, your soul into your body and out, right? What the Spirit does here when you, He intercedes for you is He takes what your body is experiencing into your soul, 
what your soul experiences into the Spirit, into the Spirit, into Him, into the Holy Spirit, and then He takes it up to the Father. And it's like the reverse of the flowing of the living water that's coming out of you. Do you understand? He's taking those emotions, those feelings, those situation that you find yourself in, and He presents it up to the Father. Isn't that incredible that God would do that for you and for me? Take all of that and take it up to the Father and present it. But it says in Romans that he doesn't just present what we are feeling and experiencing. It says in that passage that we read these words in Romans 8. Let me get it back again. He said in 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes. He gets down into the, the mess of our lives for us with the groans and words that do not express. And then it goes, He, God who searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. So the Spirit doesn't just take your situation to the Father and say, Hey, my son David is in a ditch again. What the Spirit does is He understands that I'm in a ditch. He understands I'm down there stuck. But then He knows also the will of the Father. So He marries up the will of the Father with my situation and He prays in accordance with with the will of the Father, right? You get it? Why? Because the will of the Father will always be a yes and an amen. Sometimes, do you, do you ever get the situation where you're praying and God's just not answering your prayer? Like you have way more wisdom than God has and he doesn't seem to get that fact. That, you know, that I know more than God knows, of course. You know what I'm saying? Right? I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying we feel that in that moment, right? That... Hey, God, you better listen to me because I know way more than you know, even though you created everything. But yeah, in this situation, I have the answer, God. You just need to, you need to bend yourself to what I, my wisdom because my wisdom is really good on this, right? The Spirit goes, no, 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 forget that. I know the will. You see, if you do that, God never answers your prayer. You wonder why you're still praying the same old thing? Because it's not in the will of the Father. God says, I'll only do what I want to do. You know, I, I, I understand, David, that you are intelligent and everything else, but you don't see very much compared to what I see. So I'm not going to answer your prayer according to what you want. I answer it according to my will, because I see everything, right? It's, it's like a child coming. You know, when, remember when you were a child and you came to your parents and you said, look, I want this and I want this and I want, and the parents go, no, why not? Because they see everything. They see a much bigger picture of life than a two, three, four-year-old. They understand the consequences. They understand what happens. So they, sometimes they say no and you go, it's not fair. It's not fair. But they go, no, maybe it isn't fair from your perspective, but I see much more of life. And I have experience and not everything you want is necessarily the best for you. So I'm going to have to say no this time. And it's like that with God. So much more in an infinite sense. 
That God sees it all. And so the Spirit, it says, He will take my situation and He will present it to God in a way that is a yes and an amen. So He doesn't just groan with me and go, Oh, He's in a ditch again. No, He says, You know what, God? I see your purposes that you are working out while he's in the ditch. And that's what I'm going to pray for. You see, sometimes when we get into a ditch, pain comes before a blessing, right? You know that? It's like giving birth. Not that I'm an expert on giving birth. I've fortunately never gone through the experience. I've been close to someone who has. At times it felt too close, to be fair, but I was close to someone who went through that experience, right? So I know how painful, I could see how painful it was. Why do women go through it? Because of the joy of seeing the baby after? You forget the pain like that when you see the baby, right? I imagine. I'm speaking out of ignorance here. You can correct me, women, if I'm wrong, right? But you forget the pain when you see that baby in your arms, right? You go through the pain because you know the blessing that's coming after. And you put up with it. Because, and the Spirit, God says, you know, it's not that God puts us in ditches. But He says, you know what? I can use the ditch experience to grow you. I can use it for, for something bigger than just the ditch. I can use this to bring blessing and, and fruit and something new and something different in your life if you just let me do it. And the Spirit, because the Spirit knows the will of the Father, will pray that to the Father. Now sometimes it's just get him out of the ditch and we go, Hallelujah. And he gets you out of the ditch. But often it's like, teach them this lesson before you remove them out of the ditch. Because there's things they can learn. There's blessing I can bring. And so the Spirit stands with us, understands us, and then lifts to God because he knows the will of the Father. The very thing that we need to pray for that is not even on our minds and in our hearts because all we can think of is get me out of this place. I don't like it. I want to be free. You see, the goal of God, God's will, verse 27, is always to help us to have a spiritual perspective. We live in the world. Our bodies so often trump over our spirits, right? What we experience what we see around us, how we experience life often trumps our spirit and how what we see in the spirit. And the spirit, the Holy Spirit, seeks to elevate the spirit within us, the spiritual connection to help us to see spiritually what's going on in the world, not just physically. But when we go through difficult situations, the, the trouble is that we so often neglect the spiritual and we just purely go on the physical. I'm in a ditch. Get me out of here. How many of us, when we get into the ditches of life, do we say, Lord, what is it you want me to learn in this ditch? 
Not many of us, right? And certainly not straight away. It's like, oh, get me out of here. Send me a tow truck. I want it now. But the Spirit says, no, I'm going to teach you things. I'm going to show you things. I'm going to reveal things to you. I want to use this experience to align you spiritually so that you can grow. That is the will of God. Isn't that incredible what the Spirit does? And not just the Spirit. In the same chapter, Romans 8.34, a few verses later it says this, Who then is the one who condemns no one? Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God. And what is Christ doing? He's interceding for who? You and me. So really what happens is that we're in a ditch and our bodies don't like it. Our bodies don't like it and therefore our souls don't like it. But our souls then tell our spirits and our spirits don't like it. But we have the Holy Spirit inside of our spirits. And the Holy Spirit then takes our moaning and our groaning, our whistling and our venting, and he transforms that into his own moaning and groaning and whistling and venting. And he takes it up to where? Up to Jesus, who's sitting at the very right hand of the Father. And Jesus, who understands the Spirit's moaning and groaning and words that can't express, takes that and says that to the Father. And the Father then responds in accordance with his will about what he wants to happen in these situations. The whole Trinity is involved Every time we intercede, every time you and me end up in a ditch. And as you read the scriptures, the amazing thing is this, that Jesus interceded for people right before miracles happened. Do you know that? Let me say that again. Jesus, it says over and over that he had compassion. He looked at someone who had leprosy and he had compassion. He said, reach out your hand and he touched them and they were healed. He, he saw people who were starving and he, and he looked at them and he had compassion on them and he said, feed them. And he fed the 5,000 and the 4,000. He saw the widow at Nain whose son had died and he had compassion on her and he went and he touched them as they were taking this kid to the funeral. And he said, get up and walk. And they got, the kid got off the, the burial mound with the pallbearers who were carrying this kid to the funeral. I don't know what the vicar thought when the, there was no body arrived. But they took, and he said, here's your son. Go back home. It's because Jesus had compassion. And when he says he has compassion, what does it mean? It means that he got down into the place where they were. He felt what they felt. He saw, he experienced life as they were experiencing life. And out of that, miracles happened. And if you want to be a channel of a miracle in your life, that is the place where you need to start. You cannot pray for a miracle. You intercede for a miracle. When you pray, you feel what they feel. You, you sense what they sense. You hear their moans and their groans. And you, with the Spirit inside of you, get alongside them. You come down to where they are. And then you lift that prayer through the Holy Spirit alive in you to the right hand of the Father where Jesus is sitting who takes it to the Father. And then Father then flows the life-giving water back through the same channel. And that's where you see a miracle. 
You cannot pray for a miracle, you can intercede for a miracle. Because it's as you intercede, as you, as you feel for them, that you will pray in alignment with the Spirit of God who's doing exactly the same thing. When I started in ministry, we used to call it prayers of intercession. They weren't prayers of intercession at all. Because I don't know that we ever felt. You know, you can pray for Ukraine, but to intercede for Ukraine is a whole different ballgame. You have to be silent for a long time before you can intercede. What would it be like to be living in Ukraine right now? You know, we can say, Lord, please stop the war. Please do this. Please do that. I'm not saying that's wrong. That's praying for Ukraine, right? But to intercede for Ukraine is to say, let me take a mother who's living in Ukraine that can't get out because she's got an elderly father who's, who's hospitalized or who's, who's stuck at home because he can't walk. Let me feel what she feels. Let me experience as much as I can what she experiences. Let me get down into the trench that she's living in and then let me come alongside her and then lift that to the Father. That's a different prayer. That's completely different than praying for Ukraine. Do you see the difference? But in my experience, and the experience I see in the Gospels, as I said, you want to see God flowing through you, that life-giving water? You need to intercede. You need to be prepared to get into ditches with people. To feel as they feel. Put yourself in their shoes. And then say, Lord, come on. There's been times in ministry where that's happened, you know. People have come to me and I, they, they sit in the vestry or I go see them and there's times where you just, before I say anything, I just say, Lord, let me, let me feel what they feel. Let me, let me put me, make that like my life, you know. Let, let, let me try and, what would it be like to be there? They're suffering with a backache. And, and every morning they can't sleep at night because every twist and turn is painful and it wakes them up. Like, get there. Get there with them. And then, and then you lift your prayer to God. Lord, come on. This is your daughter. This is your son. Come on, Lord. You've got to do something here. They're struggling. They're in agony. Lord, if they need to learn a lesson, then teach it quick and get them out of here because this is, this, is, this is hurting me when I'm alongside them. God calls each of us to be intercessors for one another. You know, that's, that's why we're having home groups. So we can pray for one another. Not just... Lord, bless you, bless you, bless you. But Lord, let me journey with the people that you've chosen for me to journey with. So that I might be a channel where they can't be. Of bringing your spirit. Their, their struggles up through my spirit. The spirit 
and the Holy Spirit living in me to the Father or to the Son and then to the Father and then seeing the result. God calls you and me to be intercessors. You know that? To intercede for the world. That's tricky. For this country. For his church. For his people. Whatever he lays on your heart. Get in the ditch. And see what God does through your prayers. Through your intercession. Through his power. But know this, that the Spirit and Jesus are working with us to bring about the Father's will. Amen? That's when it comes to thy kingdom come and thy will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray that prayer. Before we do, if you're in a ditch today, I'd invite you just to ask someone to pray with you. In fact, why don't, why don't we do that right now? If, if you, Jeff, could you come and play something, something quiet? And Thank you. If you're in a ditch right now, just invite someone that you trust here to pray with you. You, you can just spend a few moments just explaining the ditch to them so that they help them to get into that ditch with you. If, if someone's asked you to pray, then, then just hear them. Hear the pain that they're in. Whatever it is. Or maybe if you're cruising along right now, praise the Lord for that. Then, then that's your role now to be an intercessor for someone who's in a ditch. Because you can help them and encourage them. Just get together in little groups pray for one another you know we all have things maybe it's not for yourself maybe it's for a family member or someone else that you want to pray for today why don't we just get into twos threes and just pray for a few minutes before we close today God loves to hear those intercessions of the people Father as we lift up intercession to you right now, I thank you that your spirit understands that you are willing to come into the ditches of life with us. That's what the cross is all about, the deepest, darkest ditch there ever was. For God so loved the world that you were willing to climb into the biggest mess that we make or that's made for us sometimes it's not even our fault it doesn't matter we end up in the ditch anyway but I thank you that you work your purposes out in those ditches I thank you that you are there with us in the ditches you've promised you will never leave us you'll never forsake us you don't call from the road you slide down the bank right next to us and your cry to, the, to Jesus, to the Father, is from the same ditch that I'm in. Father, as we pray for one another now, come into those ditches. 
minister in those ditches. And may your will be done. The will of the Father. Aligning our sight to you. Knowing that blessing is coming. Because it always does. And Lord, that your kingdom may come. And your will may be done through me. Let's pray with one another.